Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Good afternoon, Mike, or actually it's good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We got uh, all kinds of people scheduled, and uh, we got a great uh, guest this week. I'm excited about and stuff like that. But before we get to that, uh, how was your uh, time with Gowan? Really good. I, I've been again. I've been getting to see him way more than what's stipulated in uh, the court orders because my wife's ex-wife is being super cooperative, and so that's great. Um, he got to spend the night again, and um, I've had a, a couple of very long days with him. I had him all day yesterday. I took him to a beautiful temple and I had him most of the day today and uh, took him back to that same beautiful temple just because it's so beautiful and the energy there is so great. And then where he would he didn't want to leave and then he like fell asleep on the grass and then. Yeah, he he did (laughs) not want to leave the temple. And I know that's because um, the energy there is so good because it's not a playground. It's not a park. It doesn't have any of the things in it that would normally appeal to a kid, like a slide or a swing. It's just a gorgeous, amazing temple. And he ne- he never wants to leave when I take him there. I've actually taken him there the last three days in a row. Wow. And uh, the one day we were there all day long. And um, a couple of times I tried to get him to leave and he just totally fought me and refused to go. And then um, finally, late in the afternoon, he fell asleep in the grass and at the temple. And I just scooped him up and put him in the car and drove. <laughs> so that, there you go. You just wore him out. He's responding to divinity. He's responding to like divine energies there. And I can feel it there, too. It's it's a cool place for sure. We're act- I'm actually taking him back there tomorrow <laughs> with my ex-wife because my ex-wife also wants to see it now, too. Oh, that's cool. That's and he's that's... he's he's uh, spending the night tonight. Awesome. Yeah. All kinds of fun and exciting stuff going on. And yeah, uh, yeah Amber Ashley's picking Amber up, and she'll be home for the weekend. And um, so yeah, everything's like it should be. If we could just lock these moments in time, you know, and just keep them forever, it would be awesome. But it doesn't work that way. It would be cool. There was a great, I can't remember the name of it. It was a Japanese film. And the concept of the movie was right after death, you would meet with basically these angels and they would say, okay, um, pick one moment from your life and uh, and that will be what you'll live for the rest of eternity. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, That would be hard to do though. That'd be really hard. Like it would be one moment, you know. What would be your moment? I don't know. That do they do they let you replay everything? <laughs> do you get you know, like... it's been a long time since I saw it, but I forgot. I think there were, I forgot. Like maybe there was a library they went to and they could review their lives and yeah, uh, yeah. That that would that would I I would it'd be something with like all my kids and stuff, but. um you know, there's been quite a few of those moments with my whole family, you know, with all my kids and stuff. So as long as it was something like that, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, that would be hard. Like I would, I would need more information. Like, like how long do I get? Right. Do I get like 20 minutes? Do I get like a day? Uh, you yeah. know, are you talking 10 seconds? I need more information, man, before I'm going to choose my final moment. i don't remember what what the deal was like how long it was or like but that's a cool idea i like that yeah it was a super cool idea it was a very interesting film yeah so i'm really excited about tonight's episode we had a great conversation with some people from the group our band for seeing fools it's jim bob and Cece, and it was just a great conversation and a great time. Definitely was. They were super cool people. And um, their music's good, too. <laughs> yes, it is. So we just wanted to uh, share our conversation with them, with with everyone out there. And um, 
let you guys enjoy it just like we did. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're excited. Oh, good. We are too. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having us. All right. Well, why don't you guys first start off just just telling us a little bit about you guys. So I'm Cece and we have Mr. Jim Bob here. Hello. (laughs) And uh, we've been playing together for five years. Yeah, four or five years. And I started five years ago learning the guitar, and then he's been playing for 20 years. How did you guys first meet and, like, form the band and stuff? Oh, Lord. Well, we're married. <laughs> she was uh, a she was a bartender at this... this Dive bar. Yeah, the greatest bar in the world. <laughs> uh, the funnest bar in the world, the for sure. Oh, my Lord, stories. And so, we, you know, we got together, and we got married... And uh, at the time, I was playing in different bands, and I had gear spread out all over town. I'm like, man, I I need to build a studio because I have thousands of dollars at this guy's house and guitars. And so I started building a studio, um, converted our garage over, and just asked if she could play the guitar and start learning how to play. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It's here. She's like, well, you play with me? I'm like, we'll play with you if you get good. But if you don't play good, I'm not playing with you. So it, it kind of pissed her off. So she started hammering down three, four hours a day for months, probably about oh. a year. A year later, we started uh, playing little shows here and there, like open mics. Trying to, but I almost passed out every time. <laughs> so scared. So how long have you guys been married then? Well, yeah, we've been married for eight. And then we started playing together about f- a little over four years ago. 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah, 17. 17. Because, yeah, we came out with bootleg in 19. Yeah. And I was playing for a whole year before we did that one. Wow. I got to ask a question, though. Jim, how do you, or is, should it be Jim or Jim Bob? What are Jim we Bob. Calling? Jim Bob's fine. JR. Okay. It just depends what he gets in trouble with. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Jim Bob, I got a question. How do you do so many different things at one time? Oh, and I'm playing the, the bass and the foot drum. Yeah. We're watching it, a YouTube video. And it popped up, and I was like, what is that? So I was able to find it, order one, and we got it. I didn't. I started playing with it. I'm like, this is going to take me another 20 years to figure this out. <laughs> so I, I used, um, I connected the drums, because they come acoustic. So I sat there and put drum triggers in them. And then I connected the drum triggers to an online drum app. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you can connect your drums and learn how to play drums, but I connected my foot drums and learned how to play them that way. Wow. Oh, that's cool. I guess I was watching one of your videos and I saw that and I was just like, man, how is he doing that? I yeah. have no idea how he does it either. <laughs> it, yeah, one little hiccup. If I get off time just a hair, it throws the whole thing off. Yeah, the best part is when we, people make comments about our music, like the drums are boring and not that interesting. Like I'm playing with my feet. I know. I don't know, I don't know how more intricate I can get with this, but I'll, I'll try better. I will work. Keep working on that app, and I will learn. You, you have to play you. with your toes, right? One toe yeah. at a time, each toe. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're they're a great, great, great instrument. It kind of pushes you up to that next challenge level. So now when I play without it, I feel I don't know naked. Naked. Right. It's like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm missing this. So, so your guys' band is for seeing fools, right? Yeah. Um, is it really just the two of you? No, I, I, well, I think I read something on Instagram and you made a funny joke about like trying to, like you were getting together new material and you were going to record a new album and something about like, and we're going to all, you know, guess how many times so-and-so is going to quit the band this time. Oh, that's JR, Jim Bob. Oh, that's, he, that's me. He quits all the time. Uh. I, I call him Mr. F it because he gets mad and he goes, just F <laughs> But yeah, for the albums, he has a whole bunch of friends that are musicians. And so Kurt played on us or played for us on the last album with us. He played the second guitar. So we kind of went back and forth. Oh, and okay. then we're hoping this time we have a couple of his other friends. Yeah, I mean, get on we, the album. We play live shows. It's just the two of us. I do like to bring people in, you know, people that I know, and you know, to spice things up and have fun with it. But yeah, the core group is just Cece and myself. 
Yeah, because so, he write all the songs. I was just going to ask that question. Yeah, I do most of the lyrics, and then he does the chord progressions or helps change things. It's a lot of back and forth. So this album is um, Put the Devil in Hell? Yeah, that was 2021. And, and then we're working on a new one uh, that should be full length on a record. Yeah, I think we're going to do vinyl this time. I've never done vinyl. I've recorded bunch but oh that's cool you're gonna record on vinyl i mean well we'll we'll record then it'll be pressed to vinyl because every time i get the albums done and then i look at the price of vinyl i always decide not to do it because cds are a buck each to get them reproduced and then now you just upload everything on itunes and that's even cheaper Mm -hmm. right but doing the vinyl i always get nervous you know because they have a minimum order of i don't know a couple hundred and then I want to be 80 and still have 150 of that album in my storage <laughs> shed. <laughs> All right, so are you guys working on a new album then? Yes, yes. We just started. Uh, we uh, spent the last six months uh, upgrading our studio. And I finally bit the bullet and bought some outboard gear. We've always just recorded right to the DAW and did everything in that mixing and then sent out to get mastered. But saved our money for the last couple of years and bought a few outboard gear and we're going to try to record through that to the DAW to kind of give it a warmer sound. So you guys basically are doing everything, just the two of you, everything yourselves from writing the music, performing the music, you know, editing the music, everything. Yeah. We do everything from the start to finish and even made his own cables. Yeah. I even sit here and solder my own uh, guitar cables and mic cables because I'm too cheap to buy they always get stolen every time we go to a show we come back and i don't think they get stolen they just get rehomed they get rehomed (laughs) so we always end up with missing cables and have to order so yeah i sit here and build my own cables then we we have a little at our office on our day job we have a little set upstairs where we silk screen our own shirts oh (laughs) you got oh man I started, I used to have a screen printing company back in, back, back in the day, straight out of high school. I started a, a screen printing shop and had it for about 10 years. We had our own, it grew pretty big. We had our own clothing line and labels and, um, you used to I, the voodoo glow skulls. Yeah. The voodoo glow skulls. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I saw them back in probably what? 96 or yeah. seven. Yeah. Well, if you so. bought a shirt, it was probably mine. Oh, there you go. I might still have it. It might not fit anymore, but I might still have it somewhere. Those those guys are pretty funny. Uh, They used to do their albums in Spanish, too, and I asked them why, and they said, because they can. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we're so attached to, like, talking to you guys and and, and stuff like that is even, like, in high school, our, uh, our drama teacher had her own band to hire me to go do take all their photos and stuff so they she'd get us into bars and underage yeah take photos oh, for you rebels yeah. that, it, while we were in high school she got us into like like these roadhouse bars that she was playing in in the band. i mean coolest high school teacher ever right like by day <laughs> she's wearing glasses and she's dressing conservatively and then by night she's on stage like at a roadhouse in a mini skirt you know and and like just all decked out um so what was your what's your first album called bootleg cigarette which came from a documentary jr was watching <laughs> <laughs> and i wrote a whole song just based off a of bootleg cigarette word and it has all these secret innuendos of fun little drug things good we love drug things. <laughs> <laughs> no mike not anymore not anymore i know we're too old for it anyways anymore back in the day it was always a good time <laughs> That's what Mitch is for, though, to make sure that I don't go back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot, lot of work to get this far, so we don't want to start over. No kidding. Yeah. Our, our day job, um, <laughs> we drug test people for our day job. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah. So we have to, we, we have, have to, to behave. behave. <laughs> you come in all stoned to test someone if they're high oh yeah like oh bro you're going down <laughs> you want a you want a twinkie <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's always the funnest part you know man you, like what's your worst like 
story on that is like people get like pissed off at you guys or when you do that uh most people are pretty good about it you know because but majority of people you know pass their test but there's always those few that don't and then there's there's the few that think that they can they're smarter than us <laughs> kind of like kids sneaking out or lying and you kind of catch them and you're like i was a kid once too so you know you're not going to get away with it. The, the same thing applies to that as they think they're going to pull one on us. Do they, okay, so you know how, like, you can go buy stuff at a head shop or, um, I don't know, different places, and, and they're like, if you drink this, you'll pass your drug test. Yeah. So it has to be a certain pH level and certain temperature-wise. Mm-hmm. If it's over, you're you're either dying or you know it's fake and it's under you're really dead or it's also fake so <laughs> it's kind of this it's just interesting you're just like no it's you know i always tell them like you know we could go to the hospital because you're on your deathbed and they're like what i'm like or you can sit down drink some water and we can try it again <laughs> yeah i guess sometimes the temperature is like 110 degrees so i'm like candace you better call the ambulance like, what's going on i'm like this guy's going to die. He has a 110 degree temperature. We're like, <laughs> sit down, drink water. So you, you have to need... like temperature tra- test the urine too? Yeah, you temperature check it. And then like people bring in fake urine. And after doing enough of it, you can, it has a certain color. So once we test it or test it, then we drop bleach in it. And because they use food coloring. Oh, so the bleach makes it turn clear where if you drop bleach in urine, it just makes a nasty smell, but it, it doesn't turn clear. So there's these little tricks that we do. So Wow. That's, a, that's like serious drug testing. I was thinking like, you know, you just, okay, pee, okay, you're good. But, it's uh, for the minds. Yeah. So everything has to be like oh straightforward and like DOTs for the truck drivers. Gotcha. So we have to make sure everything's like in line because... We work with these people, and then, like, when they go out, and I mean, the mines are super dangerous. So, is that like a, a a personal business for you guys, or? Yeah, yeah, we we it's a family business that we have, so it's nice because it gives us the the flexibility to do the band stuff. And then I work with my in laws, so it's not as much fun as. Actually, <laughs> 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 pretty cool. That's one of those fun jobs. You could probably film that and put like whole whole like funny ass clips together oh yeah there's yeah there's some interesting times and then had this one kid in there that was testing and he was a young kid like 18 other guys like to pick on the younger kids and so they told him that he has to do a urine test and a prostate exam (laughs) (laughs) and so they got him so scared because he's sitting there and he was the last one so they're sitting there like oh yeah you're next because you kind of go around this corner so it was his turn. He comes over and grabs the counter and bends over. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, like I am not doing that, dude. Those guys, <laughs> you're just doing a drug test. And he was sweating and oh like, he was so scared about this. <laughs> your guys' um current song, what's your our album, I should say. What's your favorite song on the album? My favorite's Unlawful Affair because it was fun little guitar riffs. And uh-huh. then uh, Cruel Woman is too because it's about killing a cheating husband. So... <laughs> <laughs> but it, kind of, it was kind of cool though because somehow all the songs lined up perfectly. Like it's like you're a party person and then you meet somebody you like and then stuff starts getting really toxic and then somebody dies. So it, if you listen to Order, it has like a little story to it, which That's is cool. Turned out pretty awesome. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, it was just kind of a, a random mistake. Yeah. Because we we're listening to it, I'm like, oh my God. Are you sure it was a random mistake and it wasn't a a, a, a warning? I don't but know. It, it could be, he, you know, he has to stay in line. <laughs> it's like, a concept album. It, it ended up being one, but when we, when we got it done or when we we're working on it and everything, it, it was never designed that way. But it just when we started putting everything together and listening to everything, like, oh my gosh, this tells a story. <laughs> That's cool though. What and what is the name of the album? Uh, Put the Devil in Hell. 
That's right. I love that. That's great. So it's two albums. This is your second album? This is our second one, yes. Um, how much time between the albums? They were about what, a little over, maybe a year and a half apart from each other. Oh, okay. So you guys are kind of on fire right now. Yeah, we were trying to put one out every year and a half, but then COVID hit and things just kind of get hectic. Was, uh, was the first album also kind of a concept album? No, it was just the four songs that we could play. <laughs> we could play them together because Tyler was playing for a year. Yeah, Tyler's only played for really? a year, and then the foot drum. I got that foot drum in three months before we started recording. Yeah, like three months, two three months, and so I had to learn it really fast. So I just had to learn like really basic beats because I'm like, I'm gonna record with this thing. Why didn't you guys like? do a traditional band why are you um because it seems like a lot of work to have just two people in a band well because i we tried but nobody wanted me to play because i was a girl and there is no girlfriends in the band oh that's right <laughs> so i had to seal the bass player from the band so i could play with somebody that's right because yeah, i was playing in another band and we were doing a show a fourth of july show mm -hmm. and i asked the singer and guitar player like hey can my wife join the band and he goes or at least sit in and play the show and he's like no girl no girlfriends or wives in the in the band isn't that from spinal tap is it is i think that's like one of the plot threads in spinal tap so you guys on this album you have a song uh straight shooter um we're gonna play that
you want to share um, a little bit about that song? Yeah, what is that song about? We were trying to find the lyrics for it. It's, <laughs> it's kind of a love song in a way. I, I That's what I thought. Yeah, because I kind of wrote it when when he gets all drunk and fun stuff. It's my favorite is when junk, Drunk Jim Bob comes out. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when we fell in love was when we were, you know, he was always drinking and I was bartending. So it was kind of just a weird, not a good love song. But it's as close as I'm going to get to being that emotional about that. The L subject. <laughs> the L subject. The L subject? Wait, oh, like liquor? No. Oh, no. Love. L, L is in love. Okay. Yeah. Mike's, Mike's in the middle of going through a divorce, so that's the last thing on his mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't think of any good choice that has ever come out of alcohol. Fun of me because I'd get tanked and he'd walk I around the tanked. bar like, and I'm... smack everybody's butt it'd be like good game and they're like yeah whatever man <laughs> I'm like I could, I could slap anyone's ass i could slap the biggest guy's ass in this bar as long as i say good game everyone's good with it and everyone's like be ass i'm like yeah yeah so i'd go around and slap ass and i'm like good game they're like good game to you bro <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I would get in some shenanigans. All right, what happened at the dive bar that you were working at? You were like, there's stories, there's stories. Tell us the stories. Well, it's, the-, the owner will never admit it, but it's a clothing optional bar. For anybody. For anybody, male or female. It's like an old burner bar. <laughs> so they're old burners. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they go to, I guess, Birdie Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anything goes. As long as nobody gets hurt, there's no blood. Yeah. It, you just have fun. Wow. <laughs> so the first, I'm going to tell the story when my first night working there with myself. Oh, when okay. You and Pete were down there. So I said, I'll warn them. <laughs> so when you work there and you're new, I was like 22 and they're like, everybody's like, show me your boobs, show me your boobs. And I'm like, no, 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 get out of here. Well, him and his friend were there and they're like, do it. I'm like, well, you have to show me your downstairs first. And they're like, Okay, and they did the windmill, and I'm a little baby. I'm 22. I was <laughs> running. I'm screaming. No, no, we did the windmill with locked arms, doing it in sync. Yeah, it was bad. It was mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran as fast as I could down the other end of the bar with my eyes closed because I don't even watch kissing on TV. It freaks me out. So. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh. And he was like, well, okay, show me. And I'm like, no, I didn't shake on it. And then he gave me a hundred dollars for having respect for myself. <laughs> That's great. Your your artwork for your album covers. Do do you do that too? Or I mean, yeah, Jim Bob does. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do all that. Wow. Because yeah. Mike... I, like, I love the name of the album. Put the devil back in hell. And I actually like the artwork a lot too. Yeah, you'll have to Google it. What it means? Oh, what does okay. It mean? It has it has a secret hidden message. Put the devil in hell. Put the yeah. devil in hell. So it's not what you think, but if you think what it means, then you'll go, oh. Is are you guys in Las Vegas? No, we're in northern Nevada. Oh. And so, it's a mining town? Yeah, it's a gold mining. That's the Did so did you just did you grow up in that town? Yeah, so I'm a f- fifth generation Nevada miner. So my father was a miner, his father's father. So as my family immigrated from Germany, they came out here to mine because they were miners over there. Oh, wow. So, so, uh, yeah, yes, great, great, great. Five grandfathers ago, he, him and his brother came out here and started mining. And then they got their, their, the little catalog to order a wife. This is back in the <laughs> late 1800s. Really? Yeah, so it was, it was kind hey, of so like that was before that was the original online dating. Yeah, it was it was the original Tinder, I guess. So <laughs> you you'd get this little brochure, and it kind of have those you know eighteen hundred type sketch of the lady. The, the lady, and so you'd write her a letter, and so you'd correspond back and forth for with each other, because you know you know back in the late eighteen hundreds, women were pretty scarce still in the West, and so. My grandfather, he told her that he was a mining engineer. And, 
you know, he was running these mines. And so he paid, you know, got her a ticket and she came over here and realized that he was just uh, a trap miner. So a trap miner is a person that just works at diggings and then a few months later pulls up and goes to another mine of work. So you, you just trap around to different mines. So it's a long line of stinkers. Yeah, long. So, <laughs> and so, so he, she got tricked, but I guess they fell in love and she stuck around. Well, then she suckered her sister into coming out and marrying his brother. That's cool. I wish that I wish that existed now as a divorced guy. <laughs> so, um, Cece, did, w- when you were growing up and stuff, like in high school, what what was like your favorite music? Oh man, I was totally emo tastic. <laughs> <laughs> the used my chemical romance like just the the total emo wow like haircut so, and everything it was it was black bad. nails and oh yeah raccoon eyes <laughs> <laughs> the bad mullet haircut <laughs> <laughs> i had a mullet and listen to the cure all the time <laughs> do you love the cure I do like them, yeah. Yeah, they were like my band. Where where you guys live is in kind of in the middle of nowhere. Then, Cece, how'd you end up there? Because you're not from there, right? So how do you get in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road? Well, my mom moved here. And then I was living in San Diego, but I needed to make some money. So I came here because she wanted land. So she moved here to buy land. So I was living with her for a little bit so I could work at the bar because I got... My stepdad got me the job at the bar because <laughs> he didn't know how bad it was. It was totally innocent. They're like, oh, yeah, we get her a job. They didn't know how raunchy it was till I had him go in there one day. <laughs> and then, um, wow. So I got stuck. He tricked me. So I'm here. <laughs> we couldn't make it Facebook official for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> so because I'm from Idaho. I'm a potato lover. <laughs> where, where, what, what, where, what part of Idaho? McCall. So it's like two hours up from Boise. Oh, okay. So I lived in McCall for most of my life, and then most of my family lives in Boise. So I'm just a. I drive like an Idahoan too. It's pretty bad. <laughs> How does an Idahoan drive? Horrible. Horrible. Uh, you, there's like that's horrible. Like you're just. They always seem like they're drunk. You're like, how does this even make sense? You can't turn there. I'm always almost getting hit by everybody. I'm like, this is just rotten. I like. Yeah, Boise's is pretty chaotic because you got the Idaho drivers that kind of drive like it's a Sunday, Sunday drive. Sunday drive. And then you have the, the huge influx of California drivers that come up, that moved up there. Uh, and they and their California drivers are aggressive and fast. So it's definitely very chaotic. <laughs> what's the population of the town that you're in right now is it a small town i think it's six uh it fluctuates so if, if gold's doing really good then it's probably around twelve thousand. and then if gold does really bad it's about six thousand. so is it it's kind of like a small town just like everybody know everybody yeah so well kind of in your own little clicks yeah because there's such an influx of miners coming in and out you're like like I said, like there's six thousand people that live here that it's always fluctuating. And people who are grown grown here, grown here, born and raised here, they all know each other. Like everybody knows Jim Bob and is you can't go anywhere with him. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows his dad. They're like, is Bob around still? I'm like, yeah, he's still walking around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys like it, like you you don't wanna like I don't know. It used to be, I think, sort of like if you want to make it as a band, maybe you'd go to LA or something. Or with the internet, yeah, with the internet, everything's so much more open. Oh, you don't need it anymore. You don't have to move anywhere. And then we have like a really nice, flexible job, so it's it's hard to leave what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. You're (laughs) the my big because Candace always kind of wants to take off here and there um but for my big thing if you take the western united states and you draw a circle and then you put a fine center of that circle the circles win a mucca 
So within like 12 hours, you could be to Canada, 12 hours, you could be to Mexico, six hours, you're in uh, San Francisco, six hours, you're in Salt Lake. So, huh? so that's the nice thing about Winnemucca is we're dead center in the Western United States. So uh -huh. like Denver's 12 hours away, San Diego's 12 hours away. Okay. So, so we're like, so that it makes it, and it's kind of a crossroads because there's highways that go north, south, east, west out of Winnemucca. Mm -hmm. Is it kind of mellow there? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like small town mellow. Yeah, like Monday through Thursday, it's mellow. There's a lot of drinkers. Like, there's not a lot of crime, but it is little. And if you live on a hill, you're fine because, you know, the tweakers in town just stay on the ground level because yeah. <laughs> <They don't like laughs> so. it's, it's a 24-hour town so where she used to work um, before covid the doors have never been locked or closed for over 20 almost 30 years wow and, and when covid hit um they didn't have locks because they, they shut down all the bars for that what three four months so they had to put chains and padlocks on the door because there's no locks on them that's fine. Oh, wow. So, yeah, because, you know, anytime you could get up and go have a drink 24-7. Wow. And so a lot of people that are from out of state, it gets them. Yeah. Because they come out here and make that good money. They go hog wild. And then they go gamble and drinking and, and, and before they know it they lose their job and they're broke and their car's getting repoed and getting kicked out of their <laughs> apartment <laughs> because they don't don't realize that you can't have fun on school nights <laughs> so do you guys um have any like live stuff coming up uh we're hoping this summer i mean with covid we just kind of just just stayed here you know because it was just too complicated to go anywhere and we're we're working on that the new the new album and then we're working on the new album we're hoping this summer um we'll yeah, get this, out and about yeah this summer and spring start booking shows probably more in like reno and boise area yeah and salt lake what's the biggest venue that you play oh we have the coolest story we got to play what was it called jub jubs jub jubs in reno oh, this is so exciting i probably should say it. but anyways so <laughs> during 2020 everything was locked down and so we almost had like a real speakeasy where all the doors were locked and we got to play in front of everybody and the bar was like full, but they're all nervous the cops were going to come and shut us down. So we had to <laughs> be quiet. The poor bar manager was just stressing out, but it was the coolest experience I've ever had to be able to play when you're not supposed to. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. So that was my favorite show. That was a good show. It was, you know, we haven't really played big, big shows. I've had bands in the past where I've played big shows, but this one we kind of like our favorite thing is like the breweries, like right. the Loki and um because we do it, I mean I mean, we like making money and selling albums and t-shirts, but our big thing we kind of got into this is like, okay, if we get good enough, we could travel for free. You know, because, mm -hmm. you know, these yeah. bars, they pay for, you know, we get money from them, it pays for our gas and our meals. So we get like these little mini vacations and, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't cost you, us anything. If you do the t-shirts right, that's what like Voodoo Glow School, I always ask him what the shirts were for. And he goes, the shirts are what we survive on. Oh, yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Then, you know, by the end of the night, everyone's good and tanked. And yeah, this is a pretty good sales person. So <laughs> she's always swindling the guys. And... <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any, I mean, you know, any, any funny stories for, from like being on stage or anything? But, uh, Sorry. No, no, I didn't, I didn't get into music until, um, my early 20s i was probably what 22 and i had a friend that played in a band here or he didn't play he just played guitar and i said hey if i buy a bass will you teach me how to play it because he'd throw these big old house parties and all these girls would come over and party and <laughs> hang out and so i was like i want to i want to talk to girls 
<laughs> so, so I bought a crappy pod shop base and a little amp and the mine shaft bar, the one we keep bringing up. They used to have open mic on Sundays. So we roll in there, my friend and I roll in there, and the house band is just sounding bad. But we knew the drummer. The drummer was really good. And he kind of came over and jammed with us here and there. So we asked if we could get up and play a few songs. So we get up and start rocking the joint. And there's this woman, and she took her bra off, and she swung it out and threw it at me. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm a rock star. So <laughs> the next day, we, my friend and I, uh, went to Reno and I had a, a credit card with like a $10,000 credit limit. <laughs> and we went into the guitar store and bought all new big amps and, and dragged them back to Winnemucca. <laughs> so, so, yep. So, I've spent my life savings for this. That's just all bra magnets. <laughs> yeah, all because of that lady throwing her bra at me. She's cost me so much money. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Davison Brewery, the chick in the microphone. Oh, I almost got in a fight at one of the clubs. We're getting set up and this song came on and this lady, she was she was really messed up and she goes, putting my microphone on the stage she's like oh this is my song i'm singing to it i'm like no that's not that's not your microphone i'm trying to be nice she's like this is my song though i'm like lady this is not karaoke night like i don't know what you're oh, doing. Was taking you your microphone down. yeah because yeah. we're just putting it on like we're setting oh. up to play and so she jumps up there and start like ripping it off the mic stand if someone wants to find you guys how do they find you instagram's a pretty good place it's just for seeing fools. Um, you can Google us. It pops up if you put for seeing fools in there. We're on YouTube. We're on all musical platforms. And then and Facebook. They... But we had to get rid of our Facebook account. So now it's just, I guess, just Instagram. Let me just. Yeah, I tried, to, I tried to start a Facebook and they immediately said that I was restricted and had to go to Facebook court or something. And oh, so no, I just gave up. What did you do? Absolutely nothing. I loaded our logo and put put our put our name in so hopefully in a couple more months we'll be able to get back on that routine of doing more song stuff and posting more and because i enjoyed playing in front of the camera and doing the edits because i like to edit videos it's so much fun just just doing everything ourselves is just yeah you guys really are the one-stop shop right yeah With all your art he does he does all the technical stuff <laughs> If, um, if someone wanted to like buy a physical copy of your album, though, is there a way to order it? And you, and you would like mail them a CD or something? Yeah, we've done that. And then CD Baby has copies of our albums. Amazon, too. Oh, and Amazon has them, too. Oh. What, then, what about your T-shirts? And The T-shirts, yeah, we've had people get a hold of us. They just send us a message through uh, Instagram. And Candace answers every Instagram message. Even if they're evil. Even if they're evil. <laughs> or if they want to drive all the way here to have a drink with you. I would have a drink with somebody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've sent stuff overseas to England and Germany. and. Oh, um, yeah. We have, a, we, have a, we have a one fan in Australia. <gasps> Perfect. And one in Mexico. And one in Mexico. <laughs> That's... They count. They everybody counts. Like it's that's so exciting. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's so what we excited. said. We're international, baby. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah, I get all excited. Actually, it's like just overseas. those two people and then Mitch's family that listens to the show. <laughs> Hi, Mitch's family. <laughs> but I got a very big family. Oh, that's good. Well, at least your family listens to it. I know our families are haters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think my family came and watched us play or me play once. Oh, yeah, that vegetarian place. Yeah, that so that place. And then mom watched me here in Winnemucca. But I don't think your mom has ever seen you. No, 4th July. But she had to because you were playing. Yeah, well, it's, and we were playing outside once and she drove up and rolled out her window. Yeah. So the family's <laughs> kind of there. But... but my dad's been to a lot of our shows. Yeah. Yeah, the one band I played in. Um, it was pretty entertaining because when you play in a band, the drummer gets 
the most girls. Really? Really? Yeah. You think Ringo yeah. got the girls? Oh, yeah. And so, because he's approachable. Because uh, I would have guessed, like, lead singer, lead guitarist. No, no. And so then the bass player's second that gets the most girls. Because uh. the drummer and the bass are all hanging out. Um, and then rhythm guitarist, lead guitarist, and then vocalist is vocalist, lead guitarist on the bottom. And the wow. person... And the person that gets the most girls is the roadie sound guy. <laughs> he knows he beats everybody because he's out there the whole time talking to them, getting drinks, you know, because he's, you know, he's helping us out. So he gets, he's on our bar tab. So he's using up all of our bar tab to, for all the girls. <laughs> so, wow. You've revealed like one of the greatest secrets of rock and roll. This so, is such good news. You don't have to learn how to play or sing. That's good because we you can just be a roadie. Yeah, yep. be a roadie. That's that is your your ticket in. And we'd go out drinking, and I'd run into people and run into girls, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're the bass player for Oriana." That was the band I used to play in. I'm like, "Yeah, I am." And so we'd be chatting, drinking beers, and the lead guitarist would be going, "I'm the lead guitarist for that band." And they'd look at him like, "I I don't recognize you." <laughs> <laughs> and then the singer in that band so after we were done and having drinks and hanging out bs and he always got stuck with the old drunk guy i don't know <laughs> what it was but old drunk guys he like they'd corner him and just i don't know tell him his their life story and he'd get stuck and then we'd all go home and He'd just be stuck there by himself with the old drunk guy. So we always made fun of him about that. But wow, yeah. this uh, this is all like backwards from what I believed. Yeah, and people get into it because like I'm gonna be a lead singer, because but nope, drummer, bass, and then if you really want girls, then be the roadie sound guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did perform on stage um, for a couple hours during my uh, brother's wedding oh nice yeah except for all the music was on a a reel-to-reel and we had no instruments and no mics (laughs) we were just air guitaring we were both totally loaded (laughs) that's that's the best time ever (laughs) i was envisioning this i'm like it's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) we just humiliated ourselves in front of two families all for the sake of his brother, though. We wanted him to have, like, a memory, like, a strong memory of the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're better off sticking to a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. There's no wild stallions here. <laughs> we, we do want to thank you guys for coming on the show and, and being a part and sharing your stories and talking about your music and all the fun stuff you guys have done and and i really do like your song um I've, i have all of them on my uh, phone now oh perfect Yay. i make my uh my, my daughter amber has to listen to your to your songs and and she <laughs> even said she was all like hey they sound like the ones that sing lug shack oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah and your song straight shooter i actually do like that song too me too me personally it's it. it's really cool but Thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, you. This has been the funnest podcast we've been on. I've enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been so personable and enjoyable. So it's been really fun. So I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. You seem like really cool people. Perform, you know, if you're doing anything live and you need roadies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's throw you in the van. Right. We're so there. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike needs to be a roadie. Yeah, I do, man. Sounds like you guys got some T-shirts to go print and uh, songs to write. Urine to collect. Oh, jeez. Urine to collect. <laughs> so you spend. So it's. So here's what it is. You play with P by day, and you're a rock band by night. That's right. Who would have hypocrites over here? The wee wee rockers. Man, those guys were a lot of fun to talk to. It was it was really great. We we actually talked for a long time. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. They are really 
entertaining people. Absolutely. I, I mean, I felt like if we all lived closer, we'd probably be hanging out with those guys. Yeah, at least you'd be a, a roadie for them, right? Well, yeah. So then everyone now knows the benefits of being a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, maybe one day down the road, maybe we'll take a road trip or something. Who knows? But um, yeah, that they're they're really fun people and make sure you uh, check them out and search out their music and um, take a listen. It's really fun. So that kind of brings us into our movie review, which uh, was actually a recommendation for my brother Chuck to watch. But it also reminded us of Jim Bob, at least in the photo sense that they have on their accounts of him and he's all get up in, in Western and, and, you know, out there in the Nevadas. And, uh, so the movie review or the movie is, um, called old Henry. So you want to go first, Mike? Um, well, I kind of liked it. Um, I, I like Westerns and, um, it, it felt very small to me. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, function kind of well within sort of its limited parameters yeah it only really had like one set yeah it was almost like remember when we were talking about when like when we would be crafting stories and there was always the goal of like we got to be able to do like a one room twilight zone yeah yeah Uh, and i do think there's a certain skill in being able to pull off a story that's interesting that that is is only in one room yeah but but twilight zone the original rod serling twilight zone did that all the time it'd be like yeah there'd be the most mind-bending story of all and it all happened in a room yeah that's that 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 does take some skill and that's what this one felt like was was like it felt big but you knew it wasn't big i mean a couple of times they, they they went out onto the range or whatever a little bit yeah, but there were no real towns or or anything like that, and you know, really, it was always—I mean, up until the grand finale, kind of, it was really at the most what maybe six people in a scene, yeah, or something. Really I mean, small cast, and like basically, it's like two locations, roughly. It's like the the farm, and then some stuff in the hills. Yeah. And like yeah, you or... said, they don't go to a town. I guess they go to uh, the guy at the farm has a relative who has his own farm. Right. So two farms and some hills is like the yeah. whole thing. And there's a flashback for one of the characters. But. Oh, right. You know, and, and at the beginning, they are chasing some guys, you know, to show the travel to get the characters over to where all this takes place. But still, that was just out in the country, out in the, in the woods you know, and it was really uh, interesting, you know, and I didn't even realize it, you know, you were able to kind of follow the characters and everything uh, really well. And, and you didn't even realize that, you know, they haven't gone anywhere. They haven't traveled across the world and, and all this stuff. It was like quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of communicated in the son's character because, I think he felt stifled and yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't appreciate a farm off by yourself until you've gotten the shit kicked out of yourself in a big city. And then all of a sudden, like a farm seems great, but you have to go get the shit kicked <laughs> out of you in a, in a city. You know, yeah. it's sort of like what you were talking about the other day with the Amish. Um, yeah. How they, they, they send them out into the world after they've been basically living the farming life and then I am curious how many of them go back to being an Amish person. It, it depends on what happens to them in the big city. But I think something bad inevitably happens to people in the big city. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Or maybe it's just age or something. Well, and, and that's why old Henry was trying to tell his son that you don't want to go to the big city. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go there. You know, you have everything here you need. But, you know, the, the movie in itself the story and everything, it was, it it was good. You know, it it had a plot twist at the end and that's what Chuck was saying. He goes, you know, it's got a plot twist at the end. I think you'll like, and you know, I did, I kind of figured it out, but I still wasn't sure. Um, But it was, it was still cool. 
it had enough of everything. And even to the point where the good, you know, not everybody won the way they should have won. You know, right. it, it, it wasn't like storybook. Yeah. And um, I, I enjoyed that. Right. That's that's what I like. I still like the good guys to win, but it doesn't have to be so storybook. Yeah. It made me realize, I guess I am an action film and suspense film lever because like I thought it resolved itself too soon. Like when when the action got going, um, I was like, oh, no, he's kicking everybody's ass. It's going to be over soon. You know, um, I, I, I guess I like all the suspense of like the whole like kind of Mexican standoff thing, just the standoff like, OK, there's the bad guys. We're the good guys. Yeah. You well, know. It, it's closer to a drama than an action movie. Right. Well, but he kind of goes Rambo at the ending of it. Yeah. Well, that was what was cool about the uh, the brother-in-law. And he's all like, you guys don't want to do this. Even the even the the main guy's like, man, I'll give you guys one more chance. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's yeah. like one on a hundred or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I also love too the casting. I love the lead in, in Old Henry is kind of a weird looking, average, yeah. strange looking guy. And I love that instead of it being like Brad Pitt or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, he was gnarled and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had Stephen Dorff running around in there. He was the bad guy. And I, I think that working with Jack Nicholson rubbed off on him a lot because I felt like he was playing a Jack Nicholson villain in it. <laughs> Did you get that vibe from him? Like I, I see it now that you said it. I didn't I didn't catch that. You know, I didn't I felt like there were a bunch of Jack Nicholson mannerisms that he Yeah, yeah, kind of. Now that you mention it, I didn't I didn't put that together when we were watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you're right. And just so everybody knows out there, Mike and I a lot of times we watch these shows together, kind of, but we purposely don't have this conversation till we're having it right now. Yeah, we don't talk about like frequently we watch the films together, but then we're like, all right, let's not say anything until we're recording. But yeah, you're right. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, but now that I think about it, you're, you're right. That's, that's, that's interesting. I do like Steven Dorff. I think he's, I think he's a talented actor. Um, he was in a, a movie with Jack Nicholson, which I actually never saw kind of strange. Cause I've, I was always a big Jack Nicholson fan. Um, but he was in, I think it's called something like Blood and Roses. And I think Jack Nicholson plays his father. But I think Jack Nicholson has influenced most actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love Jack Nicholson. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So what do you want to go on the flushes? I want to hear what you say first. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with two flushes. I'm with you. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, 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 it was, it was. Uh, Chuck gets the kudos; he nailed it on this recommendation for us. Thank but you, Chuck. No, maybe... you and I struggle on this. We're like, okay, what what movie should we watch? Yeah, you know, and and I was really glad that he gave us a suggestion and that and that it paid off. Yeah, yeah, and we're you know everybody is welcome to uh, give us suggestions. You know, I, one of the things I wanted to let everybody know is because I know not everybody has uh, Instagram. So, you know, you can also just straight email us. We have an email account. So if you want to reach out to us because you're not, you know, um, on Instagram or whatever, you can email us at the number two men with a mic at gmail.com. So it's really pretty simple. The number two men with a mic at gmail.com. That's our email. And also, you know, you can go on to Spotify and there's you can leave a message and through it'll take you to Anchor FM. And Anchor is what hosts our podcast. And you can leave messages, voice messages like Amber was doing on the other episodes. But definitely, you know, if you can't get us on Instagram, just straight email us. Two Men with the Mic was recorded live in front of Clothes on a Hanger at Clothes on a Hanger Studios, California. You can reach out to them on Instagram at the number two men with a mic 